Joseph, amen. Uh, today is November the 27th, 2022, and it's 9.07 in the morning. Praise God. We're going to be continuing in talking about the pattern son, sonship, and we're involved in the subject called the inheritance of the will right now. And we've been on this now for, um, this will be our part three, 
How many of you know that the word tells us that the entrance of your word gives light, it gives understanding to the simple, amen? And uh, again, I've been meditating on this, getting this in my spirit, amen, these um, principles and these truths, amen? Yeah, so like I said, um, we've been talking about the will of God, amen, and what is the will of God. Now we understand that the will of God was is the word of God, amen, and what God wrote in his word, through his holy apostles and prophets, to the scribes, and through all the sons of God throughout, from the beginning of history, right? The beginning of the history of, of mankind, that is. And uh, <clears throat> he's never uh, he's never faltered on his word, right? He's never gone back on his word. He's always maintained faithfulness, amen? For he is the faithful God, amen? Know, therefore, that the Lord thy God, he is the faithful God. That keeps covenant. In other words, the agreement that he made. He keeps covenant and shows mercy to those who love him unto a thousand generations. Amen. Praise God. And and he's a loving father. Amen. But but again, there's there's uh there's consequences though for when we step out of line, right? When we disobey the Lord. And um, so, like I said, uh, today is November the twenty seventh. 2022 and it's now 9:10 in the morning so we're going to pray hallelujah father in jesus name i thank you lord god for this wonderful day lord i thank you for the sunshine father i thank you for the rain that you've been that you've brought to the land these many days father and i thank you lord god that you know how to take care of your land amen for you are the great husbandman amen and i thank you father god for this precious time with your word and your spirit oh god I thank you, Lord God, that the word and the spirit pass between the pieces, amen. They pass between my spirit and my soul, glory to God. Your word and your spirit passing between us, Father God, bringing us revelation out of our spirits, amen, bringing us light, comprehension, and understanding, Father God, so we can see clearly, Lord God, that the path of the justice is a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day, amen. Because we have your light, Father, we have your spirit, O God, that constantly is breathing and bringing to life these words, amen, these words that Jesus spoke to us, these words that the apostles and prophets wrote down in your word. And as a scribe, Father God, some of them may have known what, what the plan was, but some of them may have not. And the ultimate goal, Father God, was that you needed sons, sons of God to take over the responsibilities, Father God, that you have intended for all of us, amen, the part that we have, our inheritance, and Father God, I delight to do your will, amen. I want to do whatever you direct me to do, Father God. And I thank you, Lord God, for, for the desire, Father, in my heart, Father, that I love you, Father, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for this precious time, Father God, and we bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, like I said, last week I, I, I did the broadcast and I forgot to... Uh, hit record on my video side. So I had to kind of go to plan B to make all that work. And um, praise God. And anyway, you know, I, I, it's always a challenge, like I said, but, but I enjoy, you know, doing the word, amen, doing the will of God, amen, teaching the people of God, the way of God, amen. And I'm not uh, at all worried at any time that, like I said, I mess up and something happens. So, praise God. 
Well, we're going to, I don't remember where we left off the last time we were together. This would have been last Sunday. But uh, I wanted to start out today with I am your inheritance, right? And on the outline, this would be section number five, all right? So <clears throat> in Genesis 15, verse one, let me check with my spirit, hold on. Father God, in Jesus' name, this is the direction that I believe you want me to take, Father, but I'm always here to hear what you're saying, Lord God, and how you want to direct us, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Backtrack. <laughs> All right, so in Genesis, uh, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy, let's start with that. Um, and uh, so talking again a little bit here now about I am your inheritance, right? So he said in Deuteronomy 32, verse 9, it says that the Lord, for the Lord's portion is his people. Amen. And I've shared that already, how that, that we are the inheritance for God, right? And then uh, it says that Jacob is the lot of his inheritance, right? And he goes on talking about how he found him in the desert place howling. In other words, you know, mankind without God, they don't know who to serve. They don't know what to serve. You know, they're bound down to all kinds of idolatry, and they don't even understand the, the relevance of, of what they're doing, right? Involved in idolatry, involved in self-love and self-worship, and, and, and totally disregarding God, our Father, right? And uh, like I said, you know, the religious system has produced, you know, this attitude where people, you know, they hear another message, they hear another word, another revelation. So it doesn't really phase them, right? And uh, but we do know, according to the word, that my people shall be willing the day of my power, right? But we also understand that even the enemy is going to be able is able to manifest, you know perceived miracles right what what seems to be something that's extraordinary and uh but we have to be able to distinguish amen what is of god what is not of god right let me see here how's this go a man's confession is a result of his thinking a man's thinking is a result of his belief a man's belief is the result of his knowledge and there's only two sources it's either god or the devil so we have to be able to distinguish, right, what is of God and what is not of God, right? And in the day that we live, in the age that we live, there's so many voices, right? But there's only one voice of God, amen? And that's the voice that we're, we're, we're wanting to take heed to and, and listen to out of our spirits, right? And we need to know when those that God has sent are speaking that word. First of all, you know, Jesus gave us many ways to determine what is of God and what is not of God. He said that he said that if they speak of themselves, then you know it's not of me. My doctrine, amen, is to do the will of my Father. And so if we speak of ourselves, in other words, if we're always highlighting ourselves, then something's wrong with the message, amen. Something's wrong with the source. Right? And then the other thing is is that, you know, uh he only wanted to do the will of the Father. He didn't want to do his own will, right? As the Scripture teaches us in Philippians, he made himself of no reputation, right? He wasn't interested about building any kind of fame for himself. As a matter of fact, many of those sons of God, like I said, brothers and sisters that, that were healed in the Scriptures as we read in, in, in the time of Jesus, right? He told them, don't even go tell anybody. Just keep it to yourself, amen? 
Others, he told them to go see the priest, you know, go give your the offering that's intended for when God, you know, blesses you. But the point is, is that, you know, the distinguishing factor, what is of God, what is not of God, the voice of God. Because if you don't understand what God is saying, then how are you going to understand the will of God, which is what the word says? And here's the thing. You can't understand God's word without the Holy Spirit. The spirit and the word must agree. Amen. Now, knowing that Jacob was his inheritance, right? The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Let's look at that in another translation, right? Let's look at that in the Amplified. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob, that is Israel, is the lot of his inheritance, right? Israel is the lot of his inheritance, all right? Now, that means that the people of God that... Uh, that are trained up and raised up and so on in the ways of God and so on is God's inheritance. Now, I'm saying that raised up, trained up, because that's what he's trying to get us to, right? Maturity, sonship, to so that we can do the will of the Father. Amen? Now, look at look at these other few verses, these re referring verses to this particular scripture, and this is in, a, in Deuteronomy 32, 9. But check out these verses here, all right? Exodus 19.5. Listen to this. Now, talking about the will of God, what the intent of God was, right? Why did he separate himself from people? Why did he sanctify a people unto himself? What was the goal? All right? Now, we know he needed someone to manage what is on earth as it is in heaven. You remember that in the beginning, right, the, dark, the, the earth was, was darkness and without form. There wasn't anything that, that you could distinguish that was beautiful or that was from God. All right, now who ravaged all this? Who wasted all this? All right, well, we know that the enemy, Jesus said, the thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and destroy. So who destroyed what was on earth? Where was the enemy? Where was Satan? As Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning. He fell to the earth. The Bible says he runs to and fro on the earth, seeking whom he may devour as a roaring lion. All right? So as a roaring lion, he's seeking on the earth. Well, he was already on the earth, right? When Jesus, I mean, when 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 Genesis one one was spoken, right? And and so, so the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the upon the face of the earth. Well, that means that there was no light. So he brought Adam and Eve right down, created Adam, brought Eve out of Adam. She was to be his helpmate to help him in the purpose of God. Amen. He was. He, 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 the sonship was his desire to raise up a son that would manage things for him on earth as it is in heaven, all right? But then again, like I said, uh, Satan came along and, and disrupted the plan of God, right? Well, God is patient, amen? And uh, so then now, from talking about Jacob as his inheritance, right? Israel is my portion, the people of God, in other words. We are God's portion, Amen? And so, therefore, now in Exodus chapter 15, uh, Exodus 19, 5, it says, Now, therefore, if you will in obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, all right, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above, above all people, for all the earth is mine. Everything belongs to God. Amen. Stewardship was the key, amen, to what God needed in the earth. In other words, 
He needed faithful sons. Sons that would manage the way he would manage. That would fulfill the will of God the way God wants it done. And then it says, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. All right? Now, it was said of Melchizedek, he was a priest of the Most High God. Well, I say that about myself. I say that I am a priest of the Most High God. I stand between God and the people. Be to the people to God's word. Amen? In other words, bring in the wisdom and the counsel of God. Amen? When the people come to you. All right. So the so he wanted a whole nation like this, a nation that would be able to take someone and train them and teach them and disciple them and teach them the ways of God and bring them into the kingdom of God. Amen. Bring them into the way of the father. Right. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all the words, all the will of God, which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will come unto thee in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with thee. And believe you forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, go unto the people and sanctify them. All right? Moses was a priest, right? He was to the people to God word. He stood before the Father, and then he turned around to the people and gave what the Father gave to him, right? The presence of God. So he told Moses, go and sanctify the people. Clean them up. Get them ready. Amen? You see, because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And sanctify, like I said, it means to clean something up, to make it ready, to prepare it for later use, right? And so he said, go and sanctify the people. And tomorrow, and and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes, all right? Clean them up. And be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people, round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you do not go up into the mount or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall be surely put to death. In other words, no flesh shall touch it. No flesh is, I don't want any flesh in my presence, all right? It must be sanctified, it must be clean, it must be holy before the Lord, all right? So, again, you know, Israel was the inheritance of God, amen? And God, like I said, wanted a people all along, wanted sons of God, daughters of God, that would be able to bring the presence of God, amen? Oh, man. Oh, let's see here. Now, listen to this verse. This is Exodus chapter 34, verse 8. And he said, if now I have found grace in thy sight, amen, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us, for this, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for your inheritance. Look at the priest of God. He said to the Father, "Take us, Amen. Go with us." And even though we're 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 stiff-necked and rebellious, take us for your inheritance. In other words, train us, teach us your ways. We're willing to do your will. We're willing to obey what your word says. All right. And he said, Behold, I will make a covenant 
<clears throat> I make a covenant between before all thy people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation, and all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord. For it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Mm. See, you have to understand the way of God, amen? And he's got to deal with the soul of man, right? He's got to get this soul under control, right? The soul is the problem, right? He's the guy that wants to do his own will, even though he knows God's word says another thing. So it's always my life or his life, my choice or God's choice, all right? The will of God is God's choice. My will is my choice. So, again, a distinguishing factor. You've got to know how to move with God. You've got to know how to operate with God, right? He's got an operation, and we've got to bend to his will. Now, he doesn't do that. Like, he doesn't force us, in other words, to do his will. He wants you to love him. And in, in your love, as Jesus said, if you love me, you will do my commandments. And so that's what it always comes down to, right? Who do you love? Do you love yourself more than you love God? Do you love yourself more than you love his word? Do you love yourself more than the will? which is the word do you love yourself do you love yourself or you do love or do you love the way he wants us to do it and then lastly do you love yourself to do the work of God the way you want to do it or the way he, God wants us to do it and in in my life you know I've chosen to do God's will his way amen and I don't want to do God's will my way I don't want to Dishonor the Lord, disrespect God, amen. I don't want to cause the Father to be ashamed of me, amen. And as Jesus said, we will come and make our abode with you, amen. And the angel of God, if you don't do, in other words, if we don't do it the way of God, he's going to deny us. And I don't want to be denied is what I'm trying to say, amen. I want to do God's word his way, amen. Not my will be done, amen. All right, now, so again, I am your inheritance, right? All right, let me get back to this now. Praise you, Father. You wanted a kingdom of a priests, amen, sons of God that would do the will of God in the earth, amen, because he needed, again, he needs someone in the earth to do the will of God, to do it his way. It has to be someone that's mature, amen? And we're going to get into Galatians chapter 4, possibly, but... Right now, we're talking about what is the will of God, right? What did God intend? What did he want, right? All right, here's another verse that I want to read. Daniel, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number. Right? He takes he takes those that are unwanted and disregarded, and that's where he starts, and that's where he wants to work because that individual is already at the base level. He's at the bottom, in other words, because you can't resurrect something that's alive. If you're all puffed up and in your pride, I've got it made, you know, no pressure is ever going to come to me that I can't handle. Right? So, so then... But like I said, as, as he says in Jeremiah chapter, I think it's 52 or 48, it says, it says, uh, how does it say it? 
Moab has been his, has, has been at ease from his youth. He has not been emptied from vessel to vessel, right? The sons of God, the the daughters of God, etc., they want to do the will of God, and they know that they're going to be emptied. In other words, when you are involved in doing it your way, God will come to your lives as he's been doing, and, and he will now empty you out of yourself. It's a constant dying to ourselves, right? It's a constant refilling and refueling with the will of God. So the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath, amen, which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, amen, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. In other words, God redeemed us from the grip of Satan, from the grip of Egypt and the world. Know therefore, amen, that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hates him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore, it shall come to pass, if you hearken to those judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swore unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land, thy corn and thy wine, and thine oil and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he swore unto thy fathers to give thee. Mm. So see, this place, this inheritance that he swore that he's going to give us, amen, that's where he's going to bless you, amen. And that reminds me of another scripture here. Let me see here. I got it. I got that verse on this, on this little signet ring that I made for the... Um, the divinefavor.org, right? So this verse is uh, Deuteronomy 28.8. Let's take a look at that. Praise God. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God gives me. Now, body of Christ, say this to yourselves. The Lord will bless me in the land that he's given me. The Lord will bless me in the land that he's given me. And all that I put my hand to is going to prosper. In other words, as a mature son or daughter of God, amen, this is the place that he will bless you. He can't bless you where he's blessing me. Now, when we're all filled and when we're all blessed, amen, collectively, as, a, as now servants of the Most High God, you see, now at this place, amen, we are now collectively serving the Lord. Now we can chase a 1,000. We can put 10,000 to flight, amen. See, we can, regardless of what the enemy is trying to bring into the earth, the sons of God say no to the demonic laws that are being introduced and trying to be changed. No to those perversions, right? All right. 
So he's going to bless you in the land that he's given you. Amen. Now, let's go on now. Let's go back now to Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. I am your inheritance, Abraham. Just as you are my inheritance, Abram, I'm sorry, I am your inheritance. Amen. Now, this word reward here, it says higher wages, all right? Payment of contract, your salary, your fare, your maintenance, all right? By implication, your compensation, your benefit. I am your benefit. Amen. What more do 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 we need? <laughs> Knowing that God is on our side, right? Knowing that, that the word of God is able to come forth and out of our spirits, amen, and bring life to us, bring direction, bring wisdom, bring counsel, bring knowledge, right? Amen. And then so now reward is the word sakar. And and like I said, it's wages, reward and pay. Uh a father, like I said, a father needs heirs. To give his inheritance to. So it says in Genesis 15 2, and Abram said, Lord God, what would thou give me seeing I go childless? Amen. And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. Right? I don't have anybody physically that has been born out of my loins, even though you said you're going to give me an heir, right? A son. I don't have anybody. And, he, and, and Abram said, Behold, thou hast given to me no seed, and lo, one and born in my house is mine heir. So we know here now that you've given me no seed, right? The word here, seed, is the word zera, Z-E-R-A. You have given me no seed, no semen virile. In other words, I don't even have the strength to be able to produce seed. Right? Now, we know in Romans, the scripture says that he believed God, right? And God accounted it to him for righteousness, right? And look at this verse here in Romans chapter 4, verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, that gives us a pattern about promise to performance. Who promised the inheritance? Who's going to perform the inheritance? The same one that promised it, glory to God. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was now it, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us, glory to God, also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Amen. If we believe, we get the same promise that was given to Abraham. Because you believe me, Abraham, it's righteousness to you. If we believe the word of God, if we believe that God has raised him from the dead, amen, it's righteousness to us. Now we have the right, glory to God, to begin to understand the will of the Father. And begin to understand and get into that word and get discipled and get trained. Not as a babe, you're not going to receive the inheritance as a babe in the Lord. Someone that was just born. Mm, my God. Now, let's go to that. I'm, I'm sorry. I have to now get into Galatians here. Who's he giving the inheritance to, right? 
Now I say, Galatians 4.1, that the heir, as long as he is a child, differed nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. The word child here is the Greek word napios. Napios means no infant, all right? In other words, a babe that's just been born. And, and again, but is under tutors, got to get trained, and governors. Somebody's got to manage you because you don't know how to manage yourselves. I tell that to my sons all the time. If you don't manage your own life, your own soul, somebody else is going to manage it for you until the time appointed of the father. The appointed time of the father is that now that you've grown up, now I can give you the inheritance. Reveal to you my will, in other words. Even so, when we were children, Napias were in bondage under the elements of the world. See, even as a Napias, you still gripped by the world. And when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his weas, son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. We the see a glory to God, that we might receive the same inheritance that Jesus Christ has received. Wherefore, and because you are sons, verse 6, weas, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You see, a son continuously is going now to his father, glory to God. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father because I am doing it the way of my father. And isn't it, isn't it interesting, even in the natural, when, when individuals see my sons, like my mother-in-law, she'll tell me, se parece a ti, she tells me all the time, Thomas looks just like you, Joseph. Acts like you. Daniel, se parece, you know, of, of their father. And that is the principle, right? If you see my sons, you see the father. If you see the father, you see the son. Amen? And so in the spiritual sense now, in the spiritual sense, now the father, God, if they see us, they need, they should be seeing the father. And vice versa. If they see the Father, they see the sons. All right. <clears throat> now, verse 7. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant but a son, and as if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when we knew not God, we did service unto them by nature, which are not God's. So as, as I read earlier, he brought them out of the desert. He brought them out of that place where you didn't even know what you were worshiping. Idolatry, all this foolishness, witchcraft, right? Astrology, you know. What what is you know all this dumb stuff? I hear people you know looking at their horoscopes and stuff and all this perversion, trying to get direction, right? But they're going to the wrong source. I mean, they don't realize that that source that you're getting your information from is demonic. The whole purpose of that is to confuse you. <laughs> all right. Now you have given me no seed, right? So here we go. How be it then? When you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? Mm. And here it says it very clearly. You observe days and months and times and years. In other words, you lost your way, Galatians. What happened? I raised you up. I trained you up. Who came in and disrupted the purpose of God? Well, the seed, right? The seed of the enemy, the corruptible seed, in our hearts and in our lives is a seed that's always going to fight against the incorruptible seed. 
And as Jesus taught us very plainly in Mark chapter 4, right, the sower soweth the word. And these are they likewise where the word is sown, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive with gladness, but have no root in themselves, and then therefore endure for four time. He talked about three types of ground, right, the shallow ground, the stony ground, and thorns, right? And then he talked about the good ground. And I remember a young sister when I was sharing this one time, she said, well, how do I know I'm good ground? Well, is the will of God being accomplished, right? Is the fruit being produced, right? So again, <clears throat> you give me no seed, right? I don't have seed that I can give my inheritance to. So uh, let's move on here. Now, also here now in Galatians, I mean, uh, Genesis 15 here. Now, let's go back to that. Praise God. The word air here, in, in verse 3 there in Genesis 15, it says, To seize, to dispossess, to take possession of, to inherit, to disinherit, to occupy, impoverish, be an heir. So in other words, I don't have anybody that's going to be able to take possession of what you've given me, Father. So a son needs to be trained up, amen, so that he can do the will of God, amen. Now, he among the Lord, the word, he believed in the Lord, right, in Genesis, now we're going to Genesis 15, verse 7. He believed in the Lord and accounted it to him for righteousness. The word believed is a Hebrew word aman, which is where we get the English word amen or so be it, right? That's what we say is the definition of amen. But when you look at the definition here, it says that it says that um, to build a support, to foster as a parent or nurse, nurse. So in other words, Abram believed he was built up and fostered in the father. He was fostered as a parent or nurse with, with, by the father. He was rendered from or faithful by the father. He was made to trust and believe, therefore his soul was permanent or quiet, right? Psalm 131, right? The Lord, uh, I would not, let's see here, how's it going? Sorry. So, again, he believed God. God. He knew that God was faithful and firm. Amen? And God kept reassuring him, man, visiting him, telling him, trust me. Amen? Now, Psalm 131, Lord David, he says here, my, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I exercise myself in things, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things that are too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself. As a child that is weaned of his mother, my soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. You see, the soul has to know how to maintain himself. You've got to know how to contain yourself, you know. And, and the, again, the soul, like I said, very opinionated until God deals with you, right? Until you've received some correction from the Lord, right? And uh, reproofs, as the scripture says in Proverbs, reproofs and instructions of the way of God. So in other words, as, you, as you've been corrected, you've been emptied out, right? You've been dealt with by the Lord, you begin to realize that your opinion and view doesn't matter. It's what does God say. <laughs> the word, the word, the word. Amen. So, and uh, again, 15.7 of Genesis, right after that, he says, unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur. Verse 7. Verse 6, and he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And then God said to him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it, right? Again, the word inheritance is to seize, to dispossess, possess. You see, so in other words, the same word for heir is here that Genesis 
verse 3, 53, in this same Hebrew word here, how am I going to know, Lord God? Whereby shall I know that I'm going to seize or possess this? All right? And he said unto him, now, let's see here. Where am I at here? I brought you out of earth, that desert place, that dry place, that place where you didn't know what to serve, right? You didn't know God. You didn't know anything about God. You didn't know I existed. I brought you out, amen? And I cleaned you up, and I trained you, and I raised you, right? Now, so he brought him out of a city southern in Babylon. So this this place he brought him out was was all this mystic religion and astrology and all these other perversions, right? Anything to serve ourselves, right? To get ourselves and make ourselves better, right? Molech and all these demonic spirits, amen, that they were constantly sacrificing their children to so that they could be prosperous. They didn't understand the way of God, obviously, all right? So he says in verse... Um, And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I'm going to take possession of this? How can I be sure, amen, that you're going to do what you said you will do? So now, verse 8 and 9, and the Lord God said, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said, take you an heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. In this particular version of Bible that I use on the Android is uh, my sword, and there's pictures, right? And when you look at those pictures, uh, he, it shows him taking a, a heifer, a she-goat, and a ram, and then it shows a little picture where the birds come down. But it, in the middle of that, Abram is standing in the middle of the animals that he's just split in half. And it shows them each piece one against another. Now, uh, divided them in the midst, right? Now, look at this. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, what did, how does how does all this signify, you know, what what does it mean, right? And I was looking at all this, and then I had the, the thought, well, Joseph, just go back and let the, let the word speak for itself, right? So he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another. The word each here is the word ish. Ish is a man or a male in contrast to a woman, female, husband, human being, person, servant, mankind, champion, great man, all right? And in Exodus, I think it's Exodus 15, 3. Is that right? Yeah. The Lord God is a ish of war. All right? Now, I was asking the Lord, what is what is this saying, each piece one against another? Now, we know Hebrews 4, 12 says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder, the soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word is. So he gave him a prophetic revelation here, an understanding that you must split these pieces, amen, and you've got to drive out the, the enemy, but each piece, in other words, I'm trying to show you, Abraham, that I need you to understand that I need to be able to pass, and we're going to see that in a little bit, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between the pieces. 
The smoking furnace represents the presence of God, amen, the life of God, and the lamp is the light of God's word. The spirit, the presence of God, and the word of God working together. This is how you're going to obtain the inheritance. You see, in other words, it wasn't just a one-time understanding here. It was a way of life that you're going to have to conduct yourself, Brother Joseph, as an individual that knows how to walk in distinction, knows how to walk in the world but not of the world. All right? And and these are the 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 the, the word that constantly gets revealed in my, out of my spirit, the tabernacle of God, the presence of God. Amen? Constantly revealing, and my soul takes off with that word that's been given out of my spirit, and now it's a rhema to me. Faith to faith, strength to strength, right? 30, 60, and 100-fold fruit. This is how you're going to continue to inherit what God has said he's going to give you. Faith toward God, amen, is the vehicle right here. You've got to believe me, and you've got to trust me. And, he, and God, the Bible says that God... And Abram did believe him. That's all right now. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. <clears throat> so you see, we know that that, and God began to prophesy here something about Israel's future. All right, the Israelites. But again, he laid each each he laid each one against another. The two hostile pieces he laid them once again another. The spirit and the soul. Right. Hostile towards one another. The soul doesn't want to do the will of God. The spirit man's all over the will of God until he gets trained, until he gets discipled. Amen. The Lord, Exodus 15, 3, is a man of war. Amen. God understands his word. <laughs> Amen. And we know that 2 Corinthians 10, right, verse 4. Let's go to that. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It's a constant war to pull down the thoughts and ideas and philosophies and views that come from this world and cast them down, as it says here, casting down imaginations and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. To the hupakau. Hupakau here, obedience, compliance, submission to Jesus Christ. And there's some. It's, it's, it's a warfare. God is a God of war. In other words, we understand, amen, that it's a constant war to keep the soul trained up and stayed on the course of God. It's a constant management. Every day you've got to deal with your soul, amen. You must take that soul to the cross and deny him his own will. If you do not, he will come up with his own ideas and philosophies and views, and now he's on a direction that's not God, Amen. That's not the word of God. So, again, the warfare. God is a God of war. Amen. And so now, <clears throat> back to verse. Verse 12, like I said, he, he, the horror of great darkness fell upon him. And great, and great, he deep sleep and in horror of great darkness fell upon him. All right. And so, again, the. The two hostile pieces, right? The, the, the soul and the spirit of a man. The, Matthew 12, 30 and Luke 12, 11, 23. Matthew 12, 30. Let me read that one. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. You see, when we're not doing it the will of God, the way of God, we're actually opposing God's will. 
this is why we have to come to know the way of God. We've got to get in, learn these words. Watch these videos that I've been sharing now and preaching now for and teaching on since 2018. From the very beginning, the soul, the soul, the soul. You've got to understand that your soul is the problem. And if he doesn't get trained up and raised up in the way of God, he's not going to understand how to move in faith toward God. He's going to think that he, according to the religious system, needs to be move into faith for myself, faith for what I can get. <laughs> and that's not at all what God wants us to do. The soul that is not trained in the culture of the kingdom of God is carnal or against God. The carnal mind, Romans 8, 7, is enmity. It is not subject to the law of God. It cannot please God, Romans 8, 8. You see? So we get to understand here that this soul cannot please God, all right? So again, verse 17. Now, Genesis 15, 17. Praise God. So again, remember, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, right? And in horror of great darkness. Now, verse 18. In the same day, wait a minute, at 17. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between the pieces. Glory to God. God was showing Abram here and also showing us, right, 1546, 1 Corinthians, right, howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and then afterward that which is spiritual. The spiritual here is that, God's word and his spirit must continue to pass between your soul and your spirit. In between. In other words, because from your spirit, you're going to receive the breath of the light of God on the word of God that you've been training yourself up in your soul. The knowledge of the word of God. The knowledge of his will. Right? He doesn't want to keep the knowledge of his will from us. Right? So, in other words, God's word is constantly breathing out of your spirit. Breaths. Amen. Light. Breath, revelation, comprehension, understanding, boom, all of a sudden the light bulb gets turned on. And you're seeing clearly, in him was life, John 1, 4, and the life, the life of God is the light of man. It's comprehension, revelation, understanding of man, right? So again, the spirit, the word and the spirit. So now, I read those verses earlier in Exodus about, you know, God's going to come down in, in, in the presence of smoke. In other words, a smoking mountain. Everything was lit up, man. God showed up. The mountain was on fire. But the scripture says that, that, that the trumpet kept getting louder and louder. The blowing of the trumpet. And there was thunders and lightnings. Amen. And the voice of God to those that couldn't understand the voice of God was, was thundering and lightnings and a bunch of noise. All right. Too loud for us. But Moses heard the voice of God. Amen. Moses was sanctified and distinguished, dis set apart, and he could make distinction what was from God. But the people didn't want to hear that. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that they pulled back. Rather than going forward in the presence of God and staying obedient to God and staying right there on the border that God had set before the mountain, told them, don't cross over because if you do, you're going to die, right? Because no flesh can come into the presence of God. It was a principle. All right? So, oh, man. So it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between the pieces. The fire, the lamp, the torch, 
crossed over in the in between both portions, right? And the word covenant, we understand the word covenant here is the Greek word, a Hebrew word in the sense of cutting, a compact, in other words. Now also, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, right? Let's go to that. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Now I've read this verse, I don't know, hundreds of times, quoted it, prayed it, all right? It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. All right? Living sacrifice, right? So Abram divided them in the midst, the sacrifice, laid each piece one against another. Paul here says the same thing. You've got to present your bodies a living sacrifice. You need to understand What's being housed in this body is the true tabernacle of God, not made with hands. It is your spirit and your soul, all right? And and both your spirit, man, is sanctified unto the Lord, but your soul, man, has to be also sanctified before the Lord, pure. And so we, we begin to understand here the principle of living sacrifice. What are you trying to say to me, Lord? Well, I'm trying to tell you that you need to develop a lifestyle of being in faith toward God all the days of your life, all right? And so, uh, let's see here. The same day the covenant was made, living sacrifice. Now, Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Let's see here. What time is it? Praise God. For therein, amen, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And this is what I'm talking about, sanctification. You can hold the truth and understand and know the truth of God and live in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it unto them. You see, We've got to be sanctified, set apart unto the Lord. There must be a distinction here. And so, again, the righteous live by faith, from faith to faith, right? Without faith, Hebrews eleven six, you cannot even please God, all right? And faith comes by hearing the rhema of God. That rhema word that's spoken out of your spirit, your soul grabs a hold of it, starts bringing it forth out of your mouth, the, the belief of what God has just revealed, and all of a sudden, you're moving and operating in faith toward God. Amen. And as you stay on that word of God, God's will, the inheritance of what he said he's going to give you and he's given us in Christ is begin, begins to be manifest or fulfilled in our lives. Amen. Praise God. All right. Ephesians 1.18. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. See, we are the portion of God. We are God's inheritance. And God wants us to understand and know this will. Know how to operate with me, says the Lord. In, Gen in Matthew 13, verse 10, the disciples asked him, why do you teach them in parables? He said, because it's not given to them to know the mysteries of the kingdom. 
But those that continue to pursue, even as Moses pursued the presence of God, and continue to get into the presence of God is David and all these prophets, amen, and Ezekiel and Isaiah and Micah and Nahum and all these prophets and Micah that, that stayed in the presence of God, God revealed his will to them, amen? It wasn't, it, like I said, the eyes of their understanding was enlightened, right? They knew the hope and the purpose of God, amen, the will of God, sanctification, separate, clean up yourself, and then I began to speak to you my word. But not beforehand. You can't hold the word of God in unrighteousness. Hmm. All right. And so, <clears throat> and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe or have faith toward God according to the working of his mighty power? Amen. So the inheritance, we are the inheritance, amen, for God. The Lord's, the Lord's portion is his people. Amen. And so in in uh, Deuteronomy 32.15, they began to swell up in pride. All right, As it says in Deuteronomy 8.18, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth that he might establish his covenant. What he agreed to say, that he, what he agreed to, what he said he would do, all right, he didn't want them to forget that. But here now we see the beginning of the Israelites, all of a sudden now, lightly esteemed, as it says in the latter part of that verse, the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up from your fathers, whom your fathers didn't even fear. You see, how did you Galatians get so deceived? How do you now go back to the weak and beggarly elements and begin to try to pursue God again? You have to sanctify yourself, praise God. Separate your life unto the Lord. Make a distinction, amen? All right. Second mm. Chronicles 15.2. We're going to end it here. Verse 1. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, body of Christ, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Amen. We've got to continue into the presence of God. We've got to press, press, press into this kingdom. Amen. Because the enemy wants us to stay in a weakened attitude. We can stay to mind where we don't do anything when we see unrighteousness. We've got to stand up for the cause. Amen. Jehovah. <clears throat> Jehovah said, can you? We've got to stand up for righteousness. Amen. And do the will of God on the earth, which is God, His, which is the word of God, which he shows us by his spirit. Amen. The spirit of adoption. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for this precious time with your word and with your spirit, Father. I can't. I, I thank you, Lord, for the continuous refreshing in my spirit, oh God, as, I, as, I, as, as your Holy Spirit, Lord God, breathes on your word, Father God, to make it plain and make it clear, Father God, that the eyes of our understanding might be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what is the exceeding riches of your inheritance 
and the saints. Amen. I thank you, Lord God, for this precious time, this precious day, Father. And I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord God. And I've shown your people, and I continue to show your word, Father, and your spirit, Lord God. As you reveal to me, Lord, I reveal to them. I love you, Father, and I bless you, Father, for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.
Oh! 